Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Inferno episode 30 of the Suns podcast that we have with my co-host, legendary Seth Sabalas, uh, former NBA All-Star, and Dr. Patrick Batillo, a.k.a. Suns super fan, Mr. Orange, of course. Let's get to it, fellas. The Suns traded for Bradley Beal, and they got rid of Chris Paul. And he found out from his 14-year-old son in a text message while he was on a plane ride to Good Morning America yesterday morning, okay? And he said, revealed that on ABC Monday morning and Juneteenth weekend, Father's Day of all days, he found out from his son. Now, how's that for a gift from your your your, your son, right? It, it's just a crazy, crazy scenario and, and we got to give you your flower set, as we always do. You called it Chris Paul being gone from Phoenix if the Suns lost in the second round of the playoffs. And you called that back at episode 26. And you get the first word on this, man. I mean, what do you see about how this played out? Well, we haven't been together in a while. And, you know, I also called the Monty uh, exiting the coach, you know, on that same scenario. I just thought that. You know, the way the NBA rolls now, you know, they give you the coaches a five-year deal. Uh, when they do good on that, that fifth year, they usually, you know, make a change on what they want to do, give them that fifth year as as they let them go, or they extend them. Um, you know, great for money, getting the big payday, $100 million, that's that's unbelievable, remarkable. Shots out of all the coaches before him that set him up for the opportunity to get that um, I, I don't think we've had a coach making more than the highest paid player <laughs> on a team before uh, in a long time. So this is this is really uh, a dramatic, big, big, big move for Monty and the Pistons. And congratulations to both of them on, on that deal. Monty's going to do great there. Um, Chris Paul, I, I, I thought it was a both the Phoenix Suns as well as Chris Paul wanting to find new grounds for him to try to chase a championship ring. Um, I, I thought some way how that destination was going to end up with the, a Laker jersey on for some reason, just uh, being with Chris Paul and, and meaning that that banana boat crew is all gone except LeBron. Right. Uh, you know, no, no Carmelo. He hung him up. Congratulations, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, D Wade hung him up a couple of uh, years ago. So, uh, I, I just thought that that was going to be his destination. This, he might not be done in Washington, uh, but I, I just thought the the play of um, uh, Cam uh, really uh, showed that they don't need to spend that much money in what they were getting out of that point guard position. Uh, and, and Chris is just, you know, he got hurt a couple of times, he's injured, and it just it just kind of built up in that way. And I'm interested, you know, Patrick, on your side as a fan. Uh, on on what you guys really feel about, you know, this trade and, and, and the accusations that went on with Coach. 
Yeah, you know, I think uh, you hit it on the head with regards to, and also from a coaching perspective, now that's paved the way for all future coaches' contracts and then any new coach. So I think that that shifted that dynamic. So as a coach, you know, that's great to see, not at the NBA level, uh, but definitely, you know, shows the value that, that the coaches bring to organizations. And then, yeah, as a fan, you know, Chris Paul, appreciated what he did here, but um, as a business person and, and looking at it from that way, when we need him the most to to be healthy and perform, he didn't. And so I don't know how, as a fan, you could be upset with this move. Um, you know, Bradley Beal is obviously going to bring uh, great value on the court, um, does need to maintain his health as well. But um, obviously, that's that's probably going to be the main focus. And I think, um, you know, he will prove to be of value here, wanted to be here. So I, I talk about chemistry and how important that is. KD wanted to be here. He's here. Bradley Beal wanted to be here. He's here. Um, you know, so, I mean. Matt Ishbia has made it very clear as an owner, he is going to do all he can and more to set up the organization however he can for success. And now it's up to, you know, the players to execute. And obviously there's a whole lot more uh, that's going to go on. And, and the beginning of July is going to be insane. Um, but uh, there has been nothing short of excitement with every single move that Matt Ishbia has, and team has made since his arrival here. Yeah, two things strike me about this. They grandfathered this in. The Suns grandfathered this in because of the new CBA that it actually takes effect on July 1st in which there is a hard cap and that they can't stack all-stars on other teams. And this is to basically have a scenario where super teams are pretty much diminished after July 1st. And so the Suns pretty much did this in a musical chair scenario to make sure that Bradley Beal actually finds a seat in Phoenix, where he wants to be with his no-trade clause compared to Miami, which reportedly didn't want to go after Bradley Beal for the cost that he would incur and what they would have to give up. Pat Riley just saw it as, you know what, there's there's no win here. We just went to the finals. Why do we have to give up so much for one guy who's basically injured for the past two seasons, even though he's a prolific scorer? The Suns, of course, a little bit more bullish in having that happen. And with Booker... Eight and and Durant alone, they make up 162 million for next year, and they're deep in the luxury tax. So that have Bradley Beal come on and basically eclipse that when he's due 46.5. Um, I'm sorry, 46.7 million for next season of that 251 million contract. It just speaks volumes that you know the Suns have eight players coming off the books from their bench, and they got this top-heavy roster of guys, and Aiton figuring out how are you going to fit him in when he got a max deal that the Suns matched to keep him here last July uh, when Indiana gave him that the largest offer sheet uh, for a rookie max uh, in NBA history. Uh, so, you know, for that four-year, $133 million. So I don't know how they're going to make this work with Aiton. I don't know how they're going to make this work alone with Booker and Beal. Basically, I guess they're going to have, you know, a point book here, uh, but they've got Cameron Payne. I guess it's just going to be a three-guard offense. I don't know how Aiden basically is going to be lower at the bottom of the totem pole and maximize that max contract that he's been given you know, with the numbers that he has to basically be uh, pretty much the double-double or more to basically overpaying what he does 
uh, overpaying for what he can do when he's not going to be getting the ball. We saw that actually over the course of the playoffs when Kevin Durant came in. And now you have Bradley Beal, who's going to demand more of the ball because of what he's owed. And so another thing that strikes me about this uh, deal is, do you guys see any parallels about Chris Paul uh, and Russell Westbrook actually kind of going to the same teams as they're traded? The irony here is that Chris Paul was traded from Houston to OKC for Westbrook. Then Westbrook ended up going to Washington. And then and then Westbrook ended up being traded from Washington to the Lakers. And this seems like Chris Paul is kind of following that same path where it's like, even though he didn't, you know, Chris Paul got traded from OKC to Phoenix and now he's going to Washington. And then there's talking about him possibly rejoining uh, the Clippers or maybe even the Lakers. And the Lakers might be possibly interested in giving him a bet minimum because of the what Wizards, if they decide to waive his contract, basically do, uh, you know, for $25 million after April I'm sorry, after June 28th, two days before the free agency market begins. So there's some weird things about the Russell Westbrook thing, and I'm seeing some rumors about if the Suns are more interested in getting Russell Westbrook. You're going to see so many rumors come out, but I'm just seeing the parallels between Westbrook, who is now a Clipper and was a Laker, and Chris Paul possibly returning to L.A. where his family lives to basically reunite with the Clippers or end up as a Laker, which he wanted to be originally until David Stern actually nixed that deal for him joining Kobe uh, just about over 10 years ago. Um, but what I'm seeing here is the Suns basically had to do this because the ball was literally in Bradley Beal's court. He could go where he wanted with that no trade clause. And to be in Phoenix, it's great for the fans, but – to make this work, we'll have to see. Luckily, they get a summer to have it gel, and it didn't happen during the season like the Kevin Durant trade did. So they have some time to gel and not just get eight games out of Kevin, uh, out of Bradley Beal like they did with Kevin Durant during the regular season and coming off of an injury. And hopefully, we'll get a fully healthy Beal, uh, and, and and we'll see how this plays out. But I'm really concerned about the bench. Where do you guys see? the bench playing in this and figuring out how they're going to pay these guys with this top heavy salary cap um, that they're going towards a top heavy, uh, you know, payroll, I should say. And then you got these guys that basically are getting vet minimums for one year deals like they did last summer. Said, we'll start with you on that. Well, Dana, let's have said, uh, since he's our crystal ball uh, that we're blessed to have, <laughs> let's have him start with DA and what he thinks uh, we're going to do with DA, because I think that will factor in heavily to the bench. And um, he's got the intel. Of... He's a former player, man. We're just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he so let's leverage that and said, if, if no pressure, but yeah, what's happening with DA? Yeah, yeah. First, first, I got to address the, you know, you, Dana, you talked about the, 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 the three having their contracts, 160, 165, or 168 uh, per year, top heavy. You know, it's just a tad under what we get for 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 doing the infernos. But so uh, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I, I think that uh, when it comes to aiding, I think the biggest thing, and I, I think one of the things Monty left uh, this little gift uh, when he went to Detroit was explaining exactly, you know, the problems Aiden were having. I think they solved those problems. Uh, you know, Chris Paul is a uh, point. He's a point guard that points, don't do this don't until I say, wait till I say, do this. He's that type of point guard. 
they had the same problems with him and Blake and Jordan in the Clipper land, Lob City. Uh, he, you know, everything had to be precise. Now, let's not get it, forget, you know, everybody wanted to say, say Luka Doncic and Trey should have been number one or number two, but Aiden was number one and he was number one for a reason. And, um, you know, one of the things as I go to the games and, and some of the people in the staff come to me and ask me, how do we get big Aiden going? I said, y'all stop treating him like a number one pick a long time ago. Yeah. He's a number, he has an ego too. And that's a big thing in the NBA. I'm a former player, and I'm telling you, uh, I, I've, I've gotten my MVP vote, but I, I'm not. I wasn't a diva about it. It's just that he's the number one pick. So now he he went from the number one pick, and you're not offering him a big contract to you having to match, regardless of what uh, it, it was maxed out, Dana or not. You had they had to wait to match, which was a smart deal, a business decision. But to a guy who's under 25. You know, that was heartbreaking to him, thinking that he's number one. Uh, these are some of the suggestions that I said, and, you know, I would love to be on staff to get these things going. But one of the suggestions I said was, if he's the number one pick, how come he has the fourth and fifth parking space in the tunnel? Wow. Yeah. That makes don't sense. You, don't you think the number one pick, after he gets out of his Bentley or Rolls Royce or Mercedes or Ferrari, he has to go by four different players to get to the locker room. And that right there emotionally will affect you. I, I wasn't Charles Barkley. I wasn't KJ. I wasn't Marley, nor was I Tom Chambers. But I better have been the next person that has a, this parking space on that 92-93 team. Right. You know what I'm saying? While me averaging what I was averaging. And now if I was down there with no no disrespect to Tim Kempton, if I was down there with Tim Kempton, I, I would have I felt some type of way too. Uh because I earned the right to to have those marquees, just like employee of the month. If I bring in the numbers, I should have the employee of the month space. So these are the little things that a young player need they need to take care of and manage. And I think that was wonderful that you know Monty left that that. And then you got Chris Paul telling him to go everywhere, don't pick this way, roll this way. It, it, it just was a different scenario. So if we keep Aiden, you might see a different Aiden now. Uh, you, you might see a different Aiden uh, if we trade uh, him. He's going to go to another team, and now he's going to turn into I'm going to show y'all mode. And uh, so either way, it's going this is going to be a great thing for Aiden. Whether he stays or goes, I'm not really sure. I, I can't really put my pin. I would love to have him stay. I just think it's a great team. Uh, uh, you guys talked about who would be the point guard. I, I My vote is let Kevin Durant at the fourth position be the point guard. That forces somebody tall because Kevin, I thought Kevin had problems when they put smaller people on him posting up and he couldn't get, you know, it's a long way for a seven footer to take that first dribble and 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 do what he has to do. And anytime he was on a post with a small guy, they came and doubled. I'm talking Denver Nuggets, the champions. Um, so I let, I let Kevin be that point guard position. And all he has to do is initiate. You got two guys that can come off screens screen down, what have you. And then after that, if Kevin needs to finish it off, that's fine. I don't, you know, I don't really know. I'm not, I'm not an NBA coach, but I, I just think that the, the, if these guys are healthy, they could be very dangerous. And as far as the bench goes, Dana, uh, it's, it, you know, it's, it's going to open up a lot of doors for those veterans that need that minimum. Cause one, they may be ring chasing as well. Yes. And, and, and two, 
Uh, uh, you know, it's not the, the big money. They probably the ones that are coming to look for that ring have probably already got their big paydays like Blake Griffin in Boston. You know, they've already got their big paydays. I, I, I was a big fan of possibly getting Kyrie from Dallas. And the reason I was a big fan of that, because I wanted Maxi Kleber on this team. Maxi is a, 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 all he wants to do is guard and spread the offense and shoot. Through. That's it. So he doesn't want no limelight, and and we need to find guys like that. And 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 for the pay that we have left or will have left, I think we could pick up some guys who really want to, you know, the, the Trevor Ariza's of the league. You know, what I'm saying that, that, that jump on teams and just make them so dominant, uh, and 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 the way they play their positions, and uh, you know, Pope did it so well. I mean, he's not a minimum guy, but he did it so well for Denver this year. Uh, you know, just guys like that that just want to come in. Patrick and and really participate on one agenda on winning the ring and they've already got their money. Yeah, set that that's exactly it. I don't think everyone now the attention is oh what what are they going to do? They really have no bench this and that and set hit it on the head. It's the dynamic has shifted greatly. You want to come here now. So I think the Suns are in a prime position in a front office of who is going to be the pick of who they want at that veteran minimum because everyone knows the expectation. Everyone knows the limitations. And so if you're wanting to come here, you're coming here to fill a role, execute that role extremely well, put your pride and money aside. You know that's not possible. And do what is needed to get that ring. And so that that is on the table and everyone knows that there, there's nothing to hide there's no tricks uh to pull so that's there and now people already wanted to come here phoenix was already a nice destination right from a city perspective all the you know all that comes with that we've known that for years now you have kevin durant you know devin booker DeAndre Ayton's currently here. You added Bradley Beal, so those three are committed here. You know, so everything else is in place. It's do you want to come here and be part of that? And so I believe the Suns are just in prime position. So is it a concern at the second? Of course. But is it going to be when we're talking in a month from now, in a month and a half? Absolutely not. I don't think so at all. And I think it's because the, the foundation is set and who wants to be a part of that? Look at Denver Nuggets, role players that stepped up. Look at the Miami Heat. And, and guys that did their role and did it very well and made it to the finals, right? And now you have this foundation and this core in Phoenix. Who doesn't want to come be a part of that? That's that's the question. Now, here's another question about this with keeping Aiton around, right? If he is kept around, they are exceeding that second apron where they can't get that non-taxpayer $12 million that can be split between seven and five uh, to two different guys. Which basically is where Denver got to were getting Bruce Brown as a six man, and the Suns did not have an answer for him in the playoffs as a six man. And Denver only went three deep with Christian Brown, Bruce Brown, and they and Jeff Green. Now Jeff Green, of course, is 17 years in, but they did not have a guy that is youthful to come off the bench and be that spark to answer Bruce Brown. And they're going to need that. Now if they keep eight and they can't get that. So they're going to have these guys that are fringe vet men guys that pretty much are on the back nine of their careers or they're just not as high valued in terms of skill that maybe – no disrespect to Josh Okoji. Okoji's a great you know player, but in the Denver series, he didn't show up. And so in the playoffs, he didn't have a great – you know. He didn't. He didn't really perform as well as he did towards the end of the regular season when he was starting those games with Kevin Durant and from February on. So, 
we need that consistency in Phoenix. And if they can get that with some guy who's worth the five to seven million dollars for that mid-level exception money, then they're they're not going to get that if they keep Aiton around. And if they trade Aiton, then even with Real's contract, it's hard to get under that second apron. I mean, am I right or am I wrong about this? Right, and that's when the recruiting process of Booker, Durant, Beal, and even Aiden uh, needs to get with Matt and, and and Jones in the front office. And, and y'all got to get on your own cell phones and get on your own private jets and go sit down and visit with, uh, you know, Greens, guys like that, you know, uh, uh, Iguodala's, uh, you know, guys like that who have been in this league a long time. I know Iggy just retired. Congratulations on his career. But I'm talking about that type of player. Who, who doesn't need the limelight, who doesn't uh, uh, want to try to take over the spot of the big four, uh, so to speak, of this of this Phoenix Suns team that wants to come in and get their nose dirty and and, and knock down shots and do whatever it takes. Uh, now, is that pulling somebody along from Washington with Bill? Is that pulling somebody along from, from uh, you know, uh, how, how was your relationship with Steven Adams, uh, Durant? You know, I mean, obviously he's, a, you know, a very powerful guy, big guy who, who will be great on this basketball team. I don't know if he'd be able to fit inside that, you know, salary cap with the, with the trade and all that. I don't know the numbers like that. Uh, and then Devin Booker is a popular dude around the league, all-star. You know, start calling some of those former all-stars and say, hey, man, we got something good over here in Phoenix. You know we are we are the kings of, of, of keeping guys and, and making them you know, revitalizing their career. Obviously, Aaron Nelson's in North, uh, uh, North New Orleans now, but that but that team, that training team, and that physical team that you know, puts guys back together, you know, uh, is great, and that's going to bring you know a, a great situation where we got this new practice facility, um, and, and that may bring in. So those guys, those four, are going to have to get on the phone and 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 ask for ask for the favors themselves. Yeah, and there's a taxpayer uh, mid-level exception too for that's you know worth seven million. Um, now, if they can get to that, possibly. But think of I'm thinking of the vet, the one-year deal guys that are coming off the books as of June 30th. Bismack Biombo, who's the center backup uh, for Aiden, he's undersized and is just a shot blocker, one-dimensional player. Then you got Damian Lee, who at one point through the first half of the season led the league in three point you know, field goal percentage, you know, a Kogi, right? He developed himself into a starter and didn't show up for the playoffs. And then Terrence Ross came off of a buyout, right, from the Magic. So he got basically a minimum vet minimum deal because he's 11, 12 years in, right? And he's basically just a spot-up shooter. And those are the guys that I'm really concerned about them having to run it back with them because that's all they can afford. And that's where the Suns might be. But I do like the Max Kleba thing. You know, the Maxi Kleba thing that you mentioned, I haven't thought of that, but I'm going to just call him Maxi Priest because, you know, I love Maxi Priest back in the day, hearing him that, you know, I just want to be close to you. I, I used to love that joint back in the day. I'm sure you played that on your show too, said. I mean, I haven't without heard it. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> so, you know, man, I, I, I'm all about Maxi Kleba hitting those, those threes. And, you know, basically being a three and D guy and getting the boards and, and needing the size that they hand inside to basically stretch it even now. Jock Landau can hit the threes and he's better in the pocket and catching those pocket passes off of the, you know, uh, basically off a of pick and roll 
uh, two is is better than you know Biombo because Biombo just bulldozes the guys like he's DJ Humphreys and gets offensive fouls. And he doesn't catch well. He's got stone hands, but you know it, Biz is a great dude. I just know that he's just a shot blocker at six and nine, kind of undersized. And I would like to go for somebody who's a little bit younger who has more upside as a backup to Aiden if they're going to keep Aiden around to basically keep him out of foul trouble, which they couldn't do. They need an answer for Jokic because that Nuggets team had continuity for four years and they added a couple pieces with Contavious Caldwell-Pope um, and also as a starter and then also with Aaron Gordon last year and then they added Bruce Brown. So they add pieces and then Jamal he Mil uh, Murray came healthy as he wasn't two years ago when the Suns swept them in the playoffs and when he was out with a torn ACL uh, through through last year and came back and you saw, see where they're at now. So they need an answer for Denver. Yeah. Otherwise, it's basically just the Suns adding, a, basically skimming off the top and pretty much having the same squad as they do, uh, they, as they did this year, you know, with the support system next year. I, I saw that uh, Kenny Smith, uh, I heard that he's had a saying that the All-Stars are the guys that get you through the playoffs, um, to the finals, and the bench guys are the ones that help you win. Uh, he said, I'm paraphrasing here, where it's the bench basically is what you need to go far in the playoffs. And if you don't have a bench and the guys that basically have that spark like Bruce Brown did in that final, in, in, in the finals in game five and what he did, you know, pretty much in those Denver home games. And, and you you need – if you don't have that guy, then you're not going to go that far. And that's where I'm concerned about the Suns the most. And not just yeah. the guys that can sell jerseys and fill the seats. And it's funny that you brought up um, the Joker. Um, I, I don't really name drop him on here. But I, I, I watched game three, four, and five uh, at Carl Malone's um, cigar bar in, in Louisiana. And he was saying – it's more effective when you let Joker be Joker. Everybody, I mean, obviously we're in a cap, copycat league, but if somebody's, you know, he's a two-time MVP, probably should have been three-time. It's not too many players have done that in this league. Trying to find somebody to stop him, that, that that's that's going to be very hard to do. Just like you're trying to find somebody to stop Shaquille or stop Michael Jordan or or stop Will Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I can go on and on. Uh, no, you don't try to stop them. You know, it, it is what it is. He is what it is. He's a dangerous player. Um, you know, uh, when you know his percentages when he gets over forty, he's got a losing percentage. So do don't, you, he gets those triple doubles because he's able to get it to those other guys. Those right, but when he right. goes bananas, how do, you match those, how do you match the level of talent with those other supporting cast members? Yeah, that's what I'm My saying. Club. So if we're talking about Aiden. We need somebody to help Aiden with Joker. I mean, like I said, his his percentage of winning. When he gets over 40, it's very, very low. Yep. I think one or two games he's won uh, when he's got 40-plus points. So, uh, you know, I, I think the wonderful thing about Bismack is that he has the ability to work Aiden out every day and make sure he's ready for guys like Joker every day. Uh, I don't want I don't want Biz, uh, Biz playing. Yeah. I, I want Aiden out there the whole time. I don't want Aiden in foul trouble. So trying to find a backup or a match – player because you don't want to keep him in foul trouble he's got to understand as a young player and that might have been coaching uh that may have been you know uh, when I when we first got Dirk in uh Dallas Dirk would foul twice really early to try to study and figure out guys for the third and fourth quarter 
because he was exhausted. He, they used to work him out three times a day, game or not, uh, to get better. Uh, Donnie Nelson, Kiki Vandeweghe, Dale Harris, they used to work him out three times a day on game day. So if we play Utah, you know, and Carl Malone, and he's got to guard the great Carl Malone, he's filing twice early so he can sit and study that guy. So I, I just think that, you know, if somebody needs to get to Aiden and say, look, you can't have silly fouls. You know, meet me at the rim and I, I I be an intimidator and we clash and we bump and, we I, you know, I may get a flagrant. Yeah, those are fouls. But the little silly ticky-tack fouls, childish fouls, he can't do that no more. He has to be a person that needs to stay in the league. Charles Barkley let us know that too as well when he came to us for the Suns. Like, yeah, I know I know, my, I will never foul out a game because I know the one, the league wants me to play, but two, I know how important I am to you guys. I know when to stop, not stop playing defense, but I know when to stop fouling. Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, when it comes to, there's a few things, Dana. So looking at what the roster looked like as we headed into the playoffs and after the trade, there was so little time to do anything. And and it was really limited at that point. So to, to think that that is what we're going to have going into next year, I, I think is completely wrong. I think many things have changed, right? Kevin Durant now has had time here. Bradley Beal is obviously here. If we're committed to Aiton and the front office makes that clear, now it's to Seth's point. One, that's all known from the outside looking in. Two, they're going to make those calls and those connections. And three, it's going to be players that want to chase that ring and want to be part of something special, knowing what they're signing up for. All those pieces put together make me feel very confident that whatever bench we have is going to be better than the bench we went into these playoffs with. On top of that, it's going to have chemistry. So you had the guys that came at the trade deadline that we've heard unofficially Monty say, you know, I'm going to run with my guys, Uh, you know, they've been here, et cetera. So even the bench we had wasn't getting leveraged right or wrong, you know, because of the limited time and, and what Monty's decision was. So the whole dynamic is going to look very different that whatever that group is, is going to have a whole season to build the chemistry, see what's there. And then obviously there'll be time for trades and anything that can happen there or, you know, waving and signing guys that, you know, may already not sign this summer. Like there's so many dynamics yeah. that will play into this to where, I feel very confident right now that we will look in a very good place heading into the playoffs next year with the roster, the continuity, the coaching, the the whole chemistry piece, way more than we did going into this postseason with a more talented roster overall. And let me add to that, Patrick. We may get one or two, Dana, Mm -hmm. uh, pissed off players that didn't get the money that they wanted and they had to settle for that low money. And they're pissed off and they want to come in here and knowing if they win a championship and they play well and they are a piece of the puzzle like Green was, like Pope was, like Brown was, they got a chance to, you know, either get, get a great contract by Matt or uh, show their show their good faith to other teams and, and get their contract later on. Hey, I'm outnumbered here. Two out of three. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. On Juneteenth, I can only speak to sounds of blackness. You know, to be optimistic, as long as you keep your head to the sky. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. And I know that's on your playlist, Seth. You got two musical drops this this Right? You, you rolling, you. man. A new haircut. You, yeah. you you got the disco going, bro, bro. Hey, man. I, I just had to get new energy. And it's the summertime. It's going to be too hot. So <laughs> that's why I had to do what I had to do. I, I just... Did it because I wanted to, my, to look like the man that my wife fell in love with. That's why I did it, you know? So, uh, there you anyway, go. 
Real quick, I had a series that I put out on Arizona Republic earlier this month about the 93 Suns run led by Barkley against Jordan. I don't know if you all saw it. Uh, it was online. It was a four-part series where I spoke to Sam Smith uh, of the Chicago – he was a former uh, Chicago Bulls – or he is a Chicago Bulls beat writer. He writes for Bulls.com and used to write for Chicago Tribune. Dan Bickley of uh, 98.7 uh fm arizona sports who used to write for chicago sun times and covering the bulls uh spoke to al mccoy uh and also scott bordeaux who used to write for the east valley tribune bob young who used to write for arizona republic and also um you know just basically those are the guys that i had to uh give me an oral history of their coverage of the 93 suns teams patrick you actually moved here with your family that year when you became a Suns fan uh, during that run. I just wanted to know, said, what was it like to be at that parade when you guys lost? <laughs> There's never been a time where a city has a parade for a team. And I had this chronicled in the final installment of this series where you guys had a parade in front of the America West Arena, which is now talking, I'm sorry, which which is now the uh, Footprint Center. Mm -hmm. And you had 100,000 people in front, 100 degree weather. You know, it's too hot, blazing hot. What was it like to be there? Uh, Way more than 100,000 people. <laughs> it was, you know, close to, you know, everybody has different numbers, 300,000, quarter, whatever. There was a ton of people out there. Huh? I, and I happened to be the anchor of the parade. So I watched Barkley get basically trampled and his car demolished uh, with the fans who rushed him. So he had to cut his uh, parade short and, and get over to back to the arena. Uh, but I, I, you know, I got to saw, I got to see the thick of it cause I was on the caboose and, and just the people out there, just, un, uh, just unbelievable. I, I said this before and I, and I, I, everybody used to tell me, yo, when you guys are playing home or away, you could rob a bank, you could get free gas, you can get whatever you wanted to in the Valley because everybody was focused on the TV or a radio watching it. I mean, you couldn't get any good service at gas stations because, you know, they're listening to Al McCoy or watching it on television. Uh, the, the the city and just had came around us and just swarmed in. I mean, we didn't have, we had the Cardinals uh, and that was about it. Uh, the, the, the Coyotes hadn't came in as of yet and, 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 no just that, and just that excitement and the way Jerry Colangelo um, gave back to the fans and, and the city, uh, you know, that's when the fans and the city really gave back to him with support. The changing of the logo, uh, Barkley just won a gold medal, outrageous. I mean, just bananas. Uh, Marley had just transferred into a super, superstar. Uh, we had Tom Chambers. We had KJ, who was a star. I mean, it was just a perfect scenario. And then we add a villain and Danny Ainge, two young Thundercats like me and Richard Dumas. It, it was just a perfect scenario. And then you draft a rookie named Oliver Miller, who has great vision, uh, was perfect for a backup, uh, which actually, you know, he looks great now. Lost 200 pounds. He looks unbelievable. You wouldn't even recognize him, fans, if you saw I've him. I've seen him. Uh, uh, yeah. But it was just the, the right place, the right time, and, and, and the right, you know, the, the transfer from cotton to uh, – Paul Westfall, rest in peace, and 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 Scotty Roberts, rest in peace, and then Lionel Hollins put that team together. It was just a great job by the whole organization, upstairs, downstairs, sideways, everywhere, uh, and, and then the fans were just made it so much better.
Yeah. Well, we're actually getting to the end of this run for our 30th episode. And also shout out to Billy Goody Kuntz, the media and the analyst for Arizona Republic, who was also in that series. I want to say thank you guys for having this discussion. It's always a pleasure. For Patrick Batillo, a.k.a. Mr. Orange, and the legendary Seth Zabalis, I'm Dana Scott. This is the Inferno, the Believe Network. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time, y'all. We got you covered for the next move by the Phoenix Suns. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.